Blog Talk Radio. Kingway Fox Beer Locker's acting very weird Captain Pike, Cisco's wife, Klingons and the afterlife Boimler, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very hot Four Drive, Black Alert, Giorgio has gone berserk Teacher, bad left, Edward is an idiot, Fuck is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red. Tita's cat, Kim Pack's hat, you had had enough of that. Beam me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We talk about the series, you can join us live by picking up your phone now. We talk about the series, we're coming to you on the streaming services now. We talk about the series, comic books, the games, we don't well, with that awesome theme song, it's time for another episode of Hello of Trek Talking. I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, and we have got a great show planned for you tonight, like we do every night, of course, or every Thursday night. Uh, we're live for the next two hours. Our phone number here is 646-668-2433. We're going to be talking about the Star Trek Prodigy two-part episode, A Moral Star, Part 1. Part 2 aired tonight, but we'll talk about that next week. So if you want to talk about Prodigy, give us a call, 646-668-2433. But wait, there's more. Not only are we going to talk about Prodigy, but... Star Trek has been nominated for two Golden Reels Awards. Playmates is bringing back the nostalgia. Can't wait to hear about that. Uh, we also have an expert, an excerpt from Star Trek Picard's novel, of uh, audio drama, I'm sorry, um, No Man's Land. That's going to be really cool. And Doug Jones gets honored with the first ever award. We're going to talk about that as well. We have our Star Trek birthdays. We have our fan shout-outs and our convention calendar. So, as usual, we've got a busy show, a lot of Trek to cover. So, just sit back, relax, and enjoy yourself for the next couple of hours. If you're like me and you're up here in the Northeast and you're being snowed in tonight, what what better way than to kick back and uh, have some hot chocolate, put on a nice blanket, smuggle, smuggle up on the couch, and listen to Trek talking, right? Absolutely. So, anyways, without any further ado, I'd like to introduce my Trek experts. We'll start off with Eric. Eric's out in Portland. How are you doing tonight, Eric? I am doing really good tonight, man. We have had some very excellent days of weather here in Portland. I've been enjoying walks with the dog outside. Nice and sunny, 50 degrees or so. Well, upper 40s at least. And uh, so there you go. And I, I just did that just to TF Jim. That's the kind of co-host I am. See, you got to love it. You got to love it. And that's, that's why I left you in the center of a lifeless planet. <laughs> Every week. Every week I leave you there. <laughs> and we also have with us Charles, and Charles is out in Las Vegas. How you doing, Charles? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm perfectly fine being in the blanket. It might hit 50, low 50s today, but with the wind and wind coming from coming in from the north and the front that we just passed through, it's been chilly. So I don't mind trying to uh, stay inside to 
might be sunny, but it doesn't feel warm out there. Well, I had to go out for milk and bread because that's what you do when it snows, and I had to take the tauntauns out to get to the store. <laughs> so I just put them back. I just As put them back in the garage. <laughs> Not well, maybe later. Who knows? <laughs> so, anyways, um, it was. Speaking of taunt, did you watch the Book of Boba Fett? The next episode? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, I, not, I haven't seen this week's. I, I'm up to date as of last week, but I haven't seen this week's yet. Sorry. Okay. Well, then we'll move on from the Tauntaun. Anyways, yeah. I know that's Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> that's Star Wars. Let's switch gears that's, back to Star that's Trek. That's and beyond. That's the and beyond. Yeah, that's the beyond part. So, hey, uh, we have, as of tonight, we have 85,414 downloads of this podcast. Just incredible. You guys are the best. That's just awesome. And uh, to download our podcast, you can go to blogtalkradio.com backslash trektalking, and you'll find all of our 388 podcasts. Yeah, you heard me right, 388 podcasts that we have done. That is a lot, and it's all there waiting for you to enjoy it and explore it and listen to the transition of the show, how it has grown over the years. So check that out if you have a chance. Um, we have uh, 82,738 followers on our Facebook page as well. So thank you to each and every one of you guys. And you can head over to our Facebook page at uh, Trek Talking and Beyond. Spell it all out. And at the top of the page, you'll see the Live Long and Prosper. And uh, where you're listening from. Every week, I pick out 15 lucky fans. If you see a heart next to your name from yours truly, Uncle Jim, that means you're going to be featured on a future fan shout-out like we're just about to do now. So, Eric, who's on your fan shout-out list? Well, our very first fan shout-out this week goes to top fan Benjamin Wong from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Hello, Benjamin from a really long ways away. It's so awesome to have you along for the ride, and thanks for spending so much time with us on our Facebook page. We really uh, appreciate that a, a lot, like a lot. So thank you very much. We're also saying hello and sending out a big thank you to Elizabeth Beaugrand from Region Parsienne in France. I did not have a chance to look that up, but she does say live long and prosper. So live long and prosper to you, Elizabeth. Thank you very much for listening to us. Marcelo Pedreros from Marcelo, Chile. Is that true? Is your first name the same as the town you live in? That's pretty cool. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us and live long and prosper to you as well. We're also saying hello this week and sending out a big thank you to Adolfo Carballero Lema from Canary Islands, Spain. Canary Islands, Spain. And Rox Ann Brown, we're saying hello to you as well. Way up there north in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. That's right. Thank you so much for listening to us. And Charles, who do you have on your list this week? I was going to throw in one comment to Eric. Benjamin, I haven't been to your part of the country, but I have been to your country. I was in Brunei years ago with the Navy. Oh, cool. Beautiful country. Beautiful waters out there. Yeah, yeah I think that area is yeah. definitely known for those beautiful, beautiful waters. You're right, Charles. Yeah. Uh, it was fun swimming in it, too. We've got Robert Manuel from Wellington, New Zealand. Hi, 
Amy Johnson from Cold Lake, Alberta, Canada. Oh, they're kind of chilly right now up there. Are yeah, it's more like it's probably frozen snow. lake right now. <laughs> well, they got plenty of room for they got plenty of room to work out their tauntaun. That's true. Very true. Thomas Blummer from Des Moines, Iowa. And finally, Judy Johnson from Los Angeles. I'm going to assume California. So hello to my neighbor in the south. And Jim. Uh, I think Jim got like somebody close to New York. Yeah. We'd like to say uh, thank you and kapla to Mike Murphy from Glasgow, which is where my grandmother is from. So that's pretty cool. Susan Askin-Morin from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, right here in the U.S. of A. And uh, the Commonwealth represent. Now, they got hammered with the snow last week. We dodged it. And this, this time we're getting it and they're dodging it. So you never really know, do you? Yeah, uh, anyways, thank you, Suzanne, for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, we'd also like to say hello and thank you to Susan Levacool from Plattsburgh, New York. That's up near Leslie's neck of the woods. So thank you for listening to us in Plattsburgh. Um, the card L. Frankie from Scotland, where my grandfather is from. And last but definitely not least, we'd like to say thank you to Jody Crane from Lewiston, Idaho. U.S. of A. We appreciate each and every one of you guys, and we just can't thank you enough. Our phone number here is 646-668-2433. Give us a call, and we'll get you on the air. And, in fact, we have someone on the line right now. I can get this thing to work. Here we go. Hello. Thank you for calling Truck Talk, and what's your name, and where are you calling us from tonight? I think I know this person. Hello? Oh, hello? Hello? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. That sounds like a David. It's David (laughs) from Portland. Portland. How you doing? (laughs) Uh, How you doing, David? Good. Yeah, I'm good. How you guys doing? I'm trying to keep warm. I'm huddled up here with my electric heater and my blanket and my tauntauns. But, um, you know, other than that, we're great. How's your cat handling with the tauntauns? <laughs> yeah, the cat, the cat runs away I high. See, I can see AJ like sitting on top of a tauntaun. That'd be pretty funny. Waving around <laughs> his batlet. <laughs> he does like his batlet. He's got a little cat batlet. Uh, a catlet. <laughs> a catlet. Yep. <laughs> oh. So uh, we have another caller on the line. Look at this. What? Wow. Can you believe it? Hey, thank you for calling Truck Talk, and what's your name, and where are you calling us from tonight? Hey, this is Paul Carson calling. How are you guys doing? Hey, hey Paul, Paul, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> hey, I'm doing good. Doing? I'm doing good. I'm called to make a, a, a shout-out of gratitude to your uh, Trexpert, Eric, there, my, my good friend and my neighbor, who uh, invited me over to partake of, believe it or not, Star Trek wine this week. I'm, I'm hoping it's not a spoiler alert to mention this, but uh, pretty amazing thing. And uh, just wanted to thank you for the hospitality, my friend. 
Oh, man, you bet, buddy. It was an p- absolute pleasure to have you come over and enjoy a, uh, a, a bottle of wine with us. I can't wait to share a little bit of our conversation with all the fans here. Um, it, I, just, I just had the time of my life, and, and we get to do it five more times. That's right. Sweet, sweet. You know, Eric's kind of persuasive, guys. Have you realized this? Because it's like I, he, convinced, he convinced me to do something I didn't think I would want to do, right? I was, there's so much new Star Trek content. I thought, I'm never going to be able to plow through all this stuff. A little bit behind. And he said, oh, you should really watch, uh, uh, you should really watch Prodigy. And I had been like, oh, that's not going to be my thing, man, because I had looked at the trailer and I was like, I don't think I'll like it. I don't know. But he sort of said, oh, he's very benign and very low pressure. And uh, so I, I ended up watching the pilot, and I loved it. I'm sorry. I thought it was great. I was really Damn. surprised. So good stuff, man. Thank you. Told you you'd love it. I knew you would. I knew you would. Yep, it's good stuff. It's good. It's just like down-home track that celebrates the Idic, you know? Absolutely. But it was really uh, way smarter than I thought it would be. And I had a heck of a good time watching it. So thanks, man. And now you got me where I've got to figure out how I'm going to find the time to watch all the other episodes and get caught up. But uh, I know. But terrific Keep stuff. <laughs> well, well that's just your guys' just... programs, trying to listen to some of the old ones that I've missed and uh, loving the Facebook page. And well done, gentlemen. Uh, well, we were talking uh, before the podcast. And... And uh, not to spoil it for anyone, because everyone's going to know, but you had the distinct pleasure of tasting the Star Trek Klingon blood wine. And in honor of that, I got to play this clip for you. And that's the Klingon Bloodline song. That's that's what you and Eric were doing, right? You were banging your heads and playing with your Klingon knives. Clearly more sober than the two of us, I would say. So uh, I don't think we were able to stay in tune that well. Those guys really have it down, you know. <laughs> oh, Klingon. Well, great. we are going to be talking about the so that everybody knows we're going to be we're going to be talking about the Klingon blood wine next week, and every week for the next six weeks we're going to talk about a different wine that's featured in the Armada. There's six of them, and they come in an exclusively designed bottle. In this case, we'll be talking about the Klingon blood wine and the Klingon bottle, which is actually written in Klingon as well, and we're going to have Greg Spurrier from Star Trek Wines joining us to talk about how they designed the bottles and, and you know, how they got everything in Klingon. And, and uh, we may even have one of the winemakers join us as well. So uh, we're going to, we're going to have some fun with the Star Trek Wines and you can go to our Facebook page actually, and you'll see a link for the Star Trek Wines, and you can get a 10% discount just for using Trek talking. So if you want to try the Klingon wine, you can get it at a discount, so check that out if you have some time. That'll be next week and every week for the next six weeks. So that'll be cool. Sounds like a good time. It will be fun. So, cool. well, based on okay. that first bottle, they've got it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> no, no. Never. No spoilers. Oh, that's uh, awesome. 
the, the uh, Greg did send me though, hey. the original promo for the Klingon blood wine, and it was completely in Klingon. Mm-hmm. Everything. The whole ad. And then he was nice enough to send me the translated English version. Because even though I cosplay as a Klingon, I can't read Klingon. So uh, he sent me the English version. So I posted that on our Facebook page. So you guys can go and check that out if you'd like to and see what the actual Klingon translation is. So we're going to have some fun with it. And you'll get to hear the entire, um, well, not the entire thing, but you'll hear an abridged version of the Klingon blood wine tasting ceremony, complete with Klingon pain sticks and everything. Right, Eric? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so that'll be fun. That will be fun. And uh, we have another caller on the line. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Let me see. Hey, good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talk. And what's your name or where are you calling us from tonight? Hello, um, this is Ray from the Bronx. Hey, what's happening, Ray? I know, I know it's been two weeks, man. I, I know it's been two weeks. I had to work late last last couple of weeks, man. That's what happened. Hey, that's okay. We understand. Um, um, well, on? actually, um, actually, um, actually, I had like three questions. First, first question is today. I mean, today is my wife's birthday. It's today, you know, happy birthday to my wife. You know. Well, happy birthday to Ray's wife. Yeah. Okay. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you, my brother. Thank you. And another thing, um, uh, I saw the trailer of Star Trek Strange New Worlds uh, with Captain Pike, and to me, it looked kind of interesting to me. But I'm still waiting for that because second season, I'm still waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. March 3rd, it's right around the corner. And now I'm born on March. I'm a Pisces. I'm born March 17th. I'm Irish. Well, excellent. <laughs> Yeah, we're yeah. waiting for Picard. Um, yeah, yeah, March uh, third. Uh, and, and, and another question. Um, uh, when are they going to start, I mean, I saw um, Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan. They're going to put back in the movie theater, right, in, uh, in the fall. How can I get tickets for that? Uh, you have to go to Fathom Events on uh, on the Internet. You can go to Fathom FathomEvents.com, and you can mm-hmm. get tickets. I believe that's playing for three days. Eric or yep. Charles, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. A, uh, it's like yeah. a Sunday, a Monday, and a Thursday or something. Yeah, because um, I believe uh, okay, it's uh, Labor Day weekend. Uh, be, oh, yes. No, because the reason why, because um, the only, only like I said, I, li- I live in the Bronx. You know, I don't go be in the Bronx or go be in Manhattan. That's what I'm trying to figure this out. Oh, yeah. Just go to fathomevents.com, and you'll be able to find a theater near you that's playing it for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm and, sure. And, and, I'm, and, 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 and there's one more thing. I, w- I want to try the Klingo on the Klingo blood wine and the, the Robin um um the, the Robin of uh, Robin Ale. <laughs> well, they, don't, they don't have the they don't have the Romulan one yet, but it uh, we'll have to see if they if there's any hope of getting that in the future. But they do have a nice Andorian ale. But yeah, you should definitely check out the Klingon line. We'll talk more about it next week. Yeah, uh, we'll no talk problem. about that no next problem. week, Ray. All right, no problem, no problem. I'll call you guys about next weekend. Thank, thank you much for having me. Yeah, uh, try, thank, try thank to stay much. warm, Ray. Stay warm down there. Warm? Shoot, it's it's pouring down rain right now. I got oh, drinks no. coming home. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I got drinks coming home. I can, uh, I can, I, I, you know, everything, um, everything in the block is messed up. But I mean, but, I mean, wow. but at least, I mean, but at least the snow is melting. 
Thank God for that. Go. So that's that's a good thing. All right. Well, thank right. you for calling, Ray, and you try try to stay dry and and get some tickets for the Rathacon. I will, man. I will, man. I'll call you guys next week. All right. right thanks for good. calling, Ray. Bye bye. Anytime. Bye. All right, guys. So that was Ray from the Bronx, and uh, but guess what, guys? Uh, we still have a lot of Star Trek. Coming up next, we have Star Trek birthdays, convention calendar, Star Trek news, and, of course, the highlight of the show, our review of Star Trek Prodigy of Moral Star Part 1. So we have a lot of Trek talking to go to still. Trek talking. All things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday night, 7.30 to 9.30, all hailing frequencies are open iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek Talking, boldly going wherever your mind is willing to go. And this is the part of the show where we do our Star Trek birthdays. And usually at this point, we would turn to Eric, and we would remember those members of our Star Trek family who are no longer with us. But before we turn to Eric, I wanted to jump in here for just a quick moment and remember somebody who is no longer with us and really isn't involved in Star Trek, but somebody who I feel warrants being remembered on their birthday just because of all the uh, warm, fuzzy memories that I got growing up. So uh, this week, of course, would be Farrah Fawcett Major's birthday. And, of course, for those of you who don't know, she was married to the $6 million man himself, Lee Majors. If you grew up in the 70s, you watched the $6 million man. And you remembered the da 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 we did a slow motion with that. Anyways, so uh, she was married to Lee Majors, uh, but I think she's most well-known for being one of the original Charlie's Angels. Uh, she was one of Charlie's Angels for the entire run of the series. And I think one of her most iconic uh, posters is the red swimsuit poster, um, which actually John Travolta has on his wall in Saturday Night Fever. You can see that poster on his wall. And uh, that poster sold over 6 million copies in its first year of print. So it's a pretty iconic poster. And you might be asking yourselves, well, geez, Uncle Jim, why are you mentioning Farrah Fawcett? She wasn't in Star Trek. No, she wasn't. But she did star in two of my favorite sci-fi movies from the 80s. Uh, Well, kind of the 80s. The first one was (laughs) Logan's Run, which was 1976. And a lot of people forget that she was in that movie, but she was. And the bigger movie, the one that she actually had a starring role in, was Saturn Three, which came out in 1980. And so um, that would be my Farrah Fawcett major's spiel. And I just wanted to take an opportunity to wish her a happy birthday and say how much we miss her. And uh, did you guys want to say have any memories about Farrah Fawcett or... Any of her long, illustrious career? Because I didn't really cover a lot of it. I just looked at IMDb and it's like, whoa, didn't realize she had been in so much. She'd been in a lot of TV shows. 
I yeah. gather her connection. She must have a lot of TV. But another movie that I think was iconic for many of us in that era was Cannonball Run. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was such yep. a that was such a good movie there too. But her long run of stuff. Oh, and that poster. That poster was so iconic. I didn't have it. But you mentioned posters in that you mentioned posters in that time period. That was one of them. Yep. That was the one I, I that actually, so many people had. The poster, I, I put a copy of the poster up on, on uh, my Facebook page with the happy birthday to Farrah, so you guys can go and check that out as well. I, I don't like to, to uh, delve off the Star Trek birthdays, but sometimes I will if I think it's somebody that warrants it. In this case, I felt that Farrah Fawcett did. So I just yeah. wanted to, to get a remembrance in on Farrah Fawcett majors before we moved on. So without any further ado, it's time for our Star Trek birthdays, our real Star Trek birthdays. And that means we have to hear from Worf. That was not a Klingon song. So as we were just talking about Farrah Fawcett, this is the part of the show where we remember the members of our Star Trek family who, sadly enough, are no longer with us. And for that, we turn to Eric. Yeah, Jim, our first remembrance this week goes out to actor Arnold Moss. And uh, he, of course, was the actor who played the character of Anton Caridian slash, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the episode, Kodos the Executioner uh, from TOS's episode Conscience of the King. Fantastic episode, just like one of those top like five or six in my personal um, uh, like favorites from that time period. Uh, and not only that, but of course, uh, if you go back in our podcast archive, you will find our review of Drastic Measures by Dayton Ward which takes the story of Kodos the Executioner and, and kind of pushes it one, one click further and you learn a little bit more about what was going on. So it was nice to, as I was reading that book, sort of recall, recall Arnold Moss's face uh, as he played that character. Um, so happy birthday to Arnold, who would have had a birthday this week. We're also saying happy birthday to Mark McChens- Mc, uh, Mart. McChesney, sorry, that was hard for me to say. Uh, he was the actor who played the character of Armis uh, from TNG's Skin of Evil, of course, the uh, uh, the demise, the uh, cheesy demise, can I say that, <laughs> of our dear Tashi R. Uh, but uh, an actor who appeared in two episodes, uh, he did one performance, but of course they used his uh, footage from that episode a little bit later in TNG uh, as they were kind of going back and remembering what was going on. So happy birthday to Mark McKenzie. We're also saying happy birthday this week to David Opatashu, who played Anon Seven in A Taste of Armageddon. Uh, just another one of those episodes that I really, really love personally from TOS. Uh, that's the one, if you remember, uh, where they're fighting a virtual war and then uh, the people that they virtually kill have to go and be executed. And it's just kind of a weird way to do war. But um, I think that it 
it's kind of eye-opening and just one of those ones that kind of makes you think a little bit. So uh, happy birthday to David Opatishu, uh, who played a fantastic character in that episode. We're also saying happy birthday to Paul Carr, who played Lieutenant Lee Kelso, uh, the, the cute blonde one uh, on the bridge of the Enterprise uh, from TOS's episode Where No Man Has Gone Before, uh, one of our navigators, Kelso, uh, who Kirk calls out by name a couple of times. So happy birthday to Paul Carr. We're also saying happy birthday this week to Gene Simmons. No, Jim, not that one. Uh, this, oh, is Gene, on. <laughs> this is Gene Marilyn Simmons, uh, who is a, or was a fantastic actress. Um, she starred in, I, we're just getting bangers this week, man, one of my top five episodes of TNG, The Drumhead. She played Admiral Nora Satie uh, in that episode and just knocked it out the park. Um, what a fantastic performance and what a fantastic episode of TNG. Uh, so happy Another birthday. one of those crazy, crazy admirals that we love to They're hate. everywhere. They're everywhere. Yep. We, you know, the, the crazy ones outnumber the same ones 10 to 1 at least uh, with, yep. when it comes to Star Trek admirals, so, or Starfleet admirals. So, But happy birthday to Gene Simmons, who just did a great job in that role. Uh, also, we are saying uh, happy birthday and sending out remembrances week, this week to Robert Mandon, who played Gotan Padar from DS9's episode Cardassians, uh, one of the few Cardassians that we sometimes get uh, on the show um, for birthdays. So happy birthday to Robert. We're also saying happy birthday to John Fiedler, who played Mr. Hengist uh, slash, also spoiler alert, Jack the Ripper from TOS's episode Wolf in the Fold. Um, This is a guy who you absolutely would recognize. Um, He was not only in Star Trek, uh, but was kind of really famous, I think, as Mr. Peterson Peterson on the Bob Newhart show. And throughout the years would, of course, become um, the beloved voice of Piglet uh, in all of Disney's animated Winnie the Pooh movies. Uh, so look him up, uh, John Fiedler. You'll know his face as soon as you see it. Uh, he would have had a birthday this week. So happy birthday to John Fiedler. We're also saying happy birthday this week to Jeremy Kemp who, of course, played the brother of our beloved Jean-Luc, Robert Picard, in TNG's episode Family, a great episode as well. So we're just, once again, nothing but bangers this week. Happy birthday, Jeremy Kemp. And finally, lastly but not leastly, uh, our dear departed B.B. Besh, uh, who played Dr. Kara Marcus uh, from the Wrath of Khan. Uh, She would have had a birthday this week, and we are sending out happy birthday remembrances to her uh man i just think she is one of those characters that's like beside kirk who you get very little screen time with and yet from that movie alone you sort of understand the impact that she has on his life and of course david the david connection as well but like even just her relationship with kirk um you know for being in one movie that's that's pretty amazing um and part of that is propelled of course by the amazing performance of bb dash Happy birthday to Dr. Kara Marcus herself. And uh, Charles, who has a birthday this week who is still with us? Okay, well, let's start off with Jean Paul Vignone, who played Jord. And TNGs will always have Paris. Julian Catlin Brown played Ty. Vegeta in DS9's The Passenger, 
and Verrett and TNG's Gambit 1 and 2. Awesome episodes. Delphine, Delphine Ashbrook played Melar Hazar in DS9's Melora. Jessica Stone played Nara in Enterprises Detained. And thanks to Jim's post, I did not realize this, also played Marcy in a couple of the peanut specials. I put that in just for you, Charles. See, I'm looking out for and you. That was probably, I think that's probably the one that some of the 80s stuff. Thank you, sir. Maybe 80s and 90s, but yeah. Christine Hornos <laughs> played Tessa Hormon in Boys Timeless. Paul Kinnear played Lieutenant Commander Andy Billups in our, one of our favorite animated series, Lower Dead. And we made sure we sent a box to this guest because I know she's going to want to sit there and cuddle in and play inside of a box. <laughs> and that's Gillian Vigman who plays Dr. Tiana in Lower Deck. Oh, that character in season two was a lot of fun. Too. <laughs> My new favorite doctor. Yes. She is such a good doctor. She is a, a fun character. Even if she is grouchy, she is a fun character. And my last one, I'm rather surprised Jim actually gave it to me. As prolific as this person is, you got to see him on stage on a panel sometime. Make sure you got some uh, Kleenex with you. You're going to be crying because you laugh so much. But let me go down the list of characters this person has played. He played an android and his brother. He played Dr. Eric Soon in Enterprise, Dr. Alton Indigo Soon in Picard. As I said, the two androids, Data, Lore, and B4, or was it C8? Yep, B4. B4. Yep, B4. Also played Dr. Ukan in Independence Day. And has played himself in the Big Bang Theory and the and Family Guy. Of course, we have to be talking about the very popular Brent Spiner. Yeah. Uh, as I yep. said, you, you got to see him in a panel sometime. Yeah. He'll start making yeah. you laugh with his stories. He's okay. You got to hear. Sometimes you gotta be able to hear his Patrick Stewart impression. Oh, he starts going with his Patrick Stewart impressions, and you're just sitting there on the floor laughing <laughs> at how well he does it for the stories he creates. Oh, yeah, Brett Spiner is, yeah. is just—he is funny. 
And he put out an album uh, well, back in the 90s called Old Yellow Eyes is Back. And oh, yeah. he has Jonathan Frakes, Patrick Stewart, LeVar Burton, and Michael Dorn singing back up as the ink spots on one of the songs. Mm-hmm. And you guys can probably find those clips kicking around on YouTube if you want to check them out. He also does a version of Blue Skies, although um, I don't think it's as good as Issa Briones' version that she did on Picard. But it's it's a good song, and you should try to find it on YouTube if you can. It's a, it's a very good moment in that movie, which is a good, yeah. like, you know, even though his performance may not be up to Issa's, he, like, that moment in that movie is really great. And you should, like, I know everybody knows who Brent Spiner is, but you should go look at some of the other stuff he's done. I mean, he was on, like, the Goldbergs. He was on The Simpsons. He was on that show. I used to love Warehouse 13. I don't know why I love that show, but I used to watch that, uh, you know, 10 years ago. Um, he was in that a bunch. Um, he was on Frasier, like, back in the day. So, yeah, he's got a lot of guest appearances, just, like, little cameos here and there. Yeah. He's been in a lot. He's been in a lot. So happy birthday to our favorite android, Brent Spiner, who, by the way, (laughs) is going to be in Star Trek Picard Season 2 as a different character. And we're all trying to figure out who is he going to play now because every character he's ever played has been a member of the Soon family. And they're going all the way back to 1994. Great, 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 grandpa. Yeah, so we're going to have to wait and see what happens. So March 3rd, Ray, March 3rd. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, continuing on with our birthdays, and there was a reason why I I gave that one to uh, Charles, and we'll get to those when we get to the end. Uh, we'd like to say on my list, happy birthday to Sheldon Collins, who played the tough kid in TOS, A Piece of the Action. Uh, you know who he is when you see him, if, if you've oh, yeah. seen the episode. And we'd like to say happy birthday to uh, Jonathan Banks. Not Jonathan Frakes, Jonathan Banks. And he played Golan Shilla in DS9's Battle Line. But I think I think he's more known for the many, many, many plethora of roles that this guy has played in his life. Uh, I think most people would know him from Beverly Hills Cop. He was the bad guy that uh, battled Eddie Murphy. Uh, He was also battling Eddie Murphy in 48 Hours. He was a bad guy in that. He was a bad guy in The Expanse. He was also on V, the TV series. He was in Gremlins. He was in Breaking Bad. He was in Sequest DSV. I mean, this guy has done everything. Uh, and you would re- definitely recognize his face if you saw him. A Better Call Saul he was in. Um, look at his IMBD page, and, and you'll be shocked when you find out how much he's been in. And you definitely would recognize him. Happy birthday to Jonathan Banks. We'd also like to say, danger, Will Robinson, danger. Happy mm-hmm. birthday to Billy Mummy, who played Keelan in DS9's Siege of AR558. And obviously, best known as Will Robinson from the original Lost in Space TV series. But but some some of our younger fans might know him from another TV show that Michael J. Stastrinsky made called Battle on Five. And he plays 
Lanier on Babylon 5. A lot of people might know him from that. So happy birthday to Billy Money. We'd also like to say happy birthday to John Beck, who played Raymond Boone in DS9's episode The Tribunal. For me, for me personally, we're going back to my youth again, uh, to a movie that came out in 1976 with James Caan called Rollerball. Love, love, love Jim. that movie. I have to tell you, I was and, only a couple of years old when that movie came out, but I saw it years later, and I also love that movie. It's like this this like classic story of this one guy, you know, doing the thing that he doesn't want to have to do anymore, and just, oh, it's so cool and futuristic and violent. And the, the, the message behind the yep. movie. Yep. Uh, it's, it, when and, you get to the end, you're like, whoa. John Beck plays his best friend the the how long is the motorcycle yeah. they they ride motorcycles around and they hold on to the back of the motorcycles and yeah. uh, he plays Moon Pie who is James Khan's best buddy and motorcycle uh, rider in Rollerball and I won't tell you what happens to him at the end of the movie you'll have to watch it to see but uh, one of my favorites see, I got to talk see I crammed in Rollerball. I crammed in Saturn 3. <laughs> I crammed in Logan's Run. All into a That's Star a Trek podcast. Of, <laughs> see that? Space. A lot of space. 70s television and movies, man. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it. So, happy birthday to John Beck. We'd also like to say happy birthday to Caitlin Hopkins, who played Dala in Boys episode Live Fast. I love this episode. This yeah. is the one where she pretends she's Captain uh, Janeway. And she has Tuvok with her, and she's going around to all these planets, basically stealing from them in the name of the Federation. Um, yep. Great episode, if you haven't seen it. And it's not uh, Tuvok with her. It's a guy who looks like Tuvok. Right. It's a Tuvok <laughs> wannabe. <laughs> right. it's, a fu- it's a fun episode. And we all, she also played Kilana in DS9, The Ship. She was one of them shady Vortas. Uh, so happy birthday to her. Uh, this is a fun one. This is one. This is a fun one. We also want to say happy birthday and it's a fake. To <laughs> Stephen Caddy, who played Romulus Senate Senator Venrak in DS9's A Pale Moonlight. He will go down in history. I think that line is just like Arnold's I'll be back. Um, okay. It's a fake. You see that meme everywhere holding up the little, the little uh, computer tablet. Yeah, that yeah. was him. Yeah, and he will be he'll be immortalized. And when I saw that, I said that birthday warrants a mention on our Star Trek birthdays. So <laughs> happy birthday! Uh, we also I always save the Klingons for last, so we're getting down in the end. So I want to say kapla to Christine Rose who played Giral in TNG's episode Birthright Part One and Part Two. Uh, she was on the the Romulan prison planet that was raising the Klingons with the Romulans on that planet. So happy birthday to Christine. And uh, last but definitely not least, we want to say kapla to Susan Howard who played Mara in TOS's Day of the Dove, the first Klingon female that we ever saw in Star Trek. So um, yeah, that wraps up our Star Trek birthdays. But we do have a few others. Um, And although I never got to meet of course, I never met Charles or Eric, so why would I, why would I break with tradition anyways? Our next two birthdays 
our our special members of our extended Star Trek family, our Trek talking family, because when Star Trek Picard premiered, uh, we got tickets for Star Trek Picard. I was unable to attend, but we have five pairs of tickets that we gave away live on this podcast. And uh, the first person that called me and won them has been on this show many, many, many times. And uh, we've interviewed her for her pot, for her Star Trek films that she makes her fan films. I refer to her as the kit, the kicker of Klingon butt herself, uh, Victoria Fox. And uh, we've had her on several times. She, she's awesome. And if you have an opportunity to go and check out any of her um, uh, uh Star Trek fan films from the Avalon universe, I recommend you do. She plays um, Commander Amanda Beck. Yeah, is it Amanda Beck? Yeah. It's Amanda Beck, yeah. Amanda Beck, yes. And um, she doesn't die. She doesn't die. They always kill off the characters that I like, but they didn't kill her off. So she's still alive, floating around the Avalon universe somewhere. So go and check those out if you if you have a chance to. And we'd also like to say happy birthday to another member of our family who, again, I didn't get a chance to meet, but she also called me up and won tickets to Star Trek Picard. Uh, she got to hang out with Charles and Eric as well. Uh, not me, unfortunately. As she does call the show periodically from time to time. She was with us last week, uh, if, you, if you tuned in. And, of course, I'm talking about none other than our very favorite, Shannon. And she's with us all the time. And we want to wish both Shannon and Victoria a huge, huge happy birthday. And we always have room at our table for you guys. And that means I have to play the special Weird Al Yankovic happy birthday song. And I'm sending it out to both of our birthday girls tonight, Shannon and Victoria. Happy birthday. Well, there's a punk in the alley and he's looking for a fight. There's an Arab on the corner buying everything inside. There's a mother Get with another mouth for feet. Seems that everywhere you look today, there's misery and greed. I guess you know the earth is going to crash into the sun. But that's no reason why we shouldn't have a little fun. So if you think it's scary, if it's more than you can take, just blow out the candles and have a piece of cake. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Wow. Pinch to grow an inch. Uh, Eric, Charles, uh, you guys have met both Victoria and Shannon. Did you want to say anything before we move on? Wow. Well, I'll just say that these are both just fantastic people. I mean, both of them were so, um, like, into track and just, like, cool people to hang out with. Of course, Shannon calls us all the time. She's always got fantastic contributions. Um, she's doing, in my opinion, personal plug, like important political work in her personal life and stuff right now. So I just can't say enough about these two women and how much I appreciate what they do for the podcast and just how cool they are to hang out with. So I, I just wanted to send out a personal happy birthday to both Shannon and Victoria. Um, I love you guys both, and it was really cool to meet you both in person. And it's been fun to continue that relationship online afterwards. Absolutely. I agree completely. Yeah. How about you, Charles? Oh, great, great pair. Victoria's fun. Shannon, I love our, our 
you guys don't get to see it, but our hosts do. But we have a little area for patrons and some of our mem- some of our group members. And the conversations we strike up there, we just have a ball. We've I've seen a couple. We've I've been to one of the TV previews. We used to have been to both of them. And the conversations that just go on while those virtual previews are going on. It's like, yeah, we're not there live, but we're, they're sitting there just having conversations going on about what's going on. They love these scenes and what's in the pre-shows. They're just a fun pair to have around. And they really, and make, they add, they really, they really do a good job of adding to our Trekkers. I yeah, hope totally. that they do another premiere for Star Trek Picard Season 2 and that we could all go to the premiere again like oh, we've been lucky be enough awesome. to do so far. That would be awesome. <laughs> so we'll have to see, see what happens. I mean, the uh, virtual premieres have been amazing. I would love to do another in person. That would just be so cool. I hope we can get back there. Yeah, let, let's hope that we that we can. So, guys, we still have a lot of Trek talking to go on. and. and you know what I love about the birthdays is remembering all those episodes and all those characters from the past. It's so much fun. Uh, but now we're going we're gonna to shift gears and kind of move to the present. Uh, we have a lot, lot to talk about. We have our convention calendar. We have our Star Trek news. And, of course, our review of Star Trek Prodigy, a moral star, point one. So you don't want to miss that. Hi, this is Jamie from Check Talking, here to invite you to join us for the best sci-fi themed podcast. Our elite team of Trexperts are here to discuss Star Trek and sci-fi themed content. Call 646-668-2433 Thursday nights from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Coast Time. We can't wait to hear from you. Live long and prosper. And it's time for... Convention, convention, convention. Calendar, 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 calendar. All right, guys, every week we, we try to chart some conventions. Hopefully there's one in your neck of the woods, wherever you are, so you can get out and meet some fans in person. Please check with the venues for any restrictions or rescheduling due to that nasty COVID Want to make sure that you're safe and make sure the event is being held. For any information on any of these events that we're about to mention, I recommend that you either do an Internet search for the event or contact the venue where it's being held for further information. And, Eric, what are we starting off with on our convention calendar this week? Uh, we have a bunch of good ones. We have Super World Comic Expo, February 26th at the Holiday Inn and Suites in Overland Park West, Overland Park, Kansas. We're also checking out the Alamo Hero Con, Austin edition, February 26th through the 27th at the Palmer Event Center in the great city of Austin, Texas. We're also checking out Armageddon Expo, Taronga, February 26th through the 27th at Trust Power Bay Park in Mount Managoi, New Zealand. That's right, way down under. And we are also tracking the Monaco Anime Game International Conference, February 26th through the 27th at Grimaldi Forum in Monaco. Jim, what conventions are on your list? 
Well, this one sounds like a fun one right off the bat. Nerd Fest 2022. Sounds Woo-hoo. great already. Nerd. February 27th at the Holiday Inn, Philadelphia, South Swedesboro, Swedesboro, New Jersey. So that one sounds great right off the bat. Uh, oh, how did I end up with this one? Uh, the next one, I usually <laughs> give these ones to Abu Eric. Dhabi. Abu, so, Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Middle East Film and Comic Con 2022, March 4th and 6th in the Abu Dhabi National Exhibition Center in Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates. I think I got that pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I did that one pretty good. We also have Fairfax Comic Con March 5th, 2022 in Dulles Expo Center in Chantilly, Virginia. And last but not least on my list is Kokomo Con March 5th, 2022, Baymont by the Wyndham Kokomo in Kokomo, Indiana. And Charles, you're wrapping up our convention calendar, and what do you got on your list? Well, let's start off with Hill County Comic Con, March 5th and 6th, New Brunsfield Civic Convention Center, New Brunsfield, Texas. Oz Comic Con, first, March 5th and 6th, first Convention Center and Exhibit Center. First, Western, Austra- Western Australia, Australia. Buckeye Comic Con, March 6th. Courtyard by Marriott Columbus, West Billiards, Columbus, Ohio. And Northeast Comic Con and collect- Collectibles Extravaganza, March 3rd, 11th through 13th. Foxborough Regency Hotel and Convention Center, Foxborough, Massachusetts. Wow, I might, I could check that one out. So close. That's in my next year. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you David. can dig your way through the snow and get there. I got to tell you. I could ride I my Tauntaun. You, <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean Boston. Bring your cat. You know, you yeah, bring you my cat. <laughs> and, you know, you get you get that whole area of Boston and all the surrounding area there is just really beautiful this time of year. You should go check it out, Jim. You're real close. Yeah, there's a lot. there's a lot to see down there. David, are you planning on attending any of the conventions that we mentioned on convention calendar? Uh, yeah, I hope so. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to make it to the February one, though. What about what about the United Arab Emirates one? That one sounds good. I have to get my passport first. <laughs> yeah, get your passport. <laughs> well, the one that was uh, – it the name is escaping me at the moment, but the one that was canceled in Portland uh, a couple of weeks ago is actually still on as of right now in Vancouver, B.C. That's actually not on our list, so I'm going to look that one up and get that one on our list too because as far as I know, that one has not yet been canceled, and that's the closest one to the great Northwest here in case you're interested. Of course, you got to cross the border, so good luck with that. Yeah, yeah, with this with the COVID thing, that's true. But like we said, we get we did we give you a little warning. Make sure you check before you go to verify that these events are being held before you buy tickets and travel. Don't show up at the border and yeah, say don't, the don't, truck don't show up there. You could go to the convention. I'm pretty sure if we showed up with Jim Tauntaun, they'd let us through. Yeah, if you were riding the Tauntauns, that you you could definitely get through. <laughs> with AJ with his cat lip on the top, you know. <laughs> well, guys, we still have a lot to talk about. Coming up next, we have Star Trek news, and we have an excerpt from the audio drama Star Trek Picard, No Man's Land, and our review for Prodigy, Immoral Star Part 1. You definitely don't want to miss that. 
This is Chris from Trek Talking and Beyond, here to invite you to join us for the best science fiction-themed podcast on the Internet. Our elite team of Trexperts are here to discuss Star Trek and other sci-fi-related content, and we want to hear from you. Dial 646-668-2433 on Thursday nights from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. on East Coast Time. Hailing frequencies are always open, and we'll get you on the air to share your opinions. We have faith. You will call. And it's time for Star Trek News. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Incoming transmission. Enter authorization code. Command codes verified. Define parameters of program. Level nine authorization required. Specify parameters. Transfer of data is complete. All right, guys, all the stories we're about to talk about in Star Trek news can be found in their entirety, unabbreviated and unedited on our Facebook page, Trek Talking and Beyond. And Charles, you get to start us off with our first story of the night. Yep, and I know exactly why Jim gave this one to me, because he knows I am the audio person when it comes to books. And this one I already have listened to. Listen to the excerpt from Star Trek Picard's No Man's Land audio drama. A week before the second season of Picard launches, you are able to check out, check in on Seven and Raffi as they have their own invention in audio drama. We have a new clip you can take a listen to the sample of what's coming. Star Trek Picard No Man's Land is set between seasons one and two. And the star is Jerry Ryan at seven of nine. Michelle Heard of Rafi Musler who lead who lead a full cast in the audio drama which also features sound effects from the television series. In this new clip, Rafi and Seven touch down the planet Ebla expecting a bloodbath with a Romulan warlord, Ryan. When Sid realized the Romulans are really there to abduct someone, Seven knows. No Man's Land is written by Picard's co-creator and writer, Christian Beyer, along with Star Trek comic veteran writer, Mike Johnson. In addition to Rathian and Seven, the audio drum includes a full cast playing new characters, including... Romulan warlord Ryman, a Ferris ranger, and various exotic alien species. The cast includes Fred Tatasore, back on Star Trek Lower Decks, John Kassir, Crypt Keeper on HBO's Tales from the Crypt, and John Cutmore Scott, a featured character on ABC series Deception. In addition, it will feature actual Star Trek sound effects. Big All right. Got a sound bite or the clip. And here's the clip, guys, for Star Trek Picard: No Man's Land. Where is he? Come on. 
hold up. Rapi, the fight's that way. Look at it. No one is fighting. You've got about 40 people lined up along the side of the building. With Rami and I disruptors pointed at him. I was told to expect a bloodbath. This isn't it. Yet. This isn't it yet. We can still stop them. Uh, fine. What's your plan? This for a start. Four Romulans down. A little warning before you start shooting next time? What if you'd missed? I don't miss. Back to the caves. Run! Seven. Seven. Look over there, by the Romulan shuttle. That's Professor Gillen. How old is he? And why are six guys guarding him? The hell sense does that make? Cover me. I'm going after him. Uh, not right now, you're not. It's six guys. They're not even looking at us, and they're ignoring the colonists. And the guys you just shot. Because they are clearly under orders to get that man to Reinen. Why? What's so important about him? I don't know. I just know what Reinen will do to him, and I'm not going to let that happen. Wait, wait! Shit! Shit! Ruffy to Tendu. Hiro? Go ahead. Lock onto Seven this second and transport her back to the ship. She's in motion. Now, Hiro! Did you get her, Hiro? Hiro! Wow. What do you think? That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. I'm so excited about it. I think well, this is the first the is, audio drama they've that uh, that I recall them ever. I mean, we've had audio books, but I don't think we've had an audio actual audio drama before, have we? That no. I recall. Uh, we've had a closer. We've had a closer couple of books that have been done a little bit of audio drama format, but those are pocketbooks. Yeah, nothing like this. This is the first one that we get with the new Star Trek, and remember, we're getting this. And the next novel about Rafi also. So we're getting, we're going to get a lot of audio and books ready when Picard's coming out. Well, and guys, I mean, it's Kirsten Beyer and then Mike Johnson. So you're talking about the team that brought us, like, the, the Light of Kalis comic book series. Um, you're talking about the team that brought us the Countdown to Darkness comic book series. You're talking about the team that brought us one of my personal favorites, the Star Trek Green Lantern Spectrum War crossover. Mike Johnson was responsible for that. So you're talking about some good writing here. And, of course, with the authentic performances from the actors and then the sound effects and stuff, I mean, that sample sounds incredible. I'm, I'm all in. I definitely want to know what the heck's going on already. We'll have to review exactly. it on a book. Would that be book nook or or, or would that be like yep. audio nook? <laughs> so I can't remember how, how – Charles, do you remember how long it is? Is it a like one book length or is it a like continuing thing? I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know any details about this one yet. Okay. Yeah. We don't know I mean, any I... details of how long this one is, but we've got this and a full novel. Mm-hmm. Coming out at about the same time. Yeah, and it's I'll take all the Raffi I can get. I love her character. I have yeah. since day one. Oh. I just think, yeah, I've talked about why I love her before on the podcast. Well, and I really do hope that uh, my two podcast hosts are busy re- uh, reading Rogue Element. Oh, you know it. Good Raffi in there. <laughs> you're not going to get through Rex Raffi, but you're going to get a lot of tidbits from her. 
Mm-hmm. She, she and Rios do a lot of chatting with each other. Yeah, we'll we'll be. I'm I'm getting uh, through it. I'm 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 there. I'm yeah. there. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm getting to the audio book on that one again. It's like, oh, I'm enjoying that story. Oh, Rios, especially his chatter with the uh, with his crew and his whole hollow crew. Yeah, I, I haven't. I'm I'm still I'm still into it, so I don't want any any spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. Eric, you've got our next story. I do, and it's all about Star Trek Picard, which, uh, of course, we were just talking about. So Star Trek Picard Season 2 explores why Jean-Luc never got married. That's right. Star Trek Picard is set 20 years after Jean-Luc Picard's final appearance in Star Trek Nemesis. It follows the character through retirement, having been deeply affected by the death of Data, as well as the devastation of Romulus from 2009 Star Trek, and finds himself embarking on a new adventure. Picard Season 2 was announced back in 2019 and is set to premiere on the streaming platform on March 3rd, 2022. Audiences last saw the series pivot with a surprising twist, finding Jean-Luc giving his life to, spoiler alert, alert to save the synths, that's right, uh, with, his con- uh, with his consciousness then being placed in a new artificial body. Showrunners Carrie Metalis and Akiva Goldsman have revealed more about what audiences can expect from Star Trek Picard Season 2. Goldsman says that the new episodes are more about, quote, an exploration of Jean-Luc's heart, and that because it deals with time travel, the season will show how the only thing that exceeds time is love. Metalis also states that it will be, quote, emotional, and that to make it work, Picard Season 2 had to deconstruct Jean-Luc as a main character. Metalis says, quote, It's a time travel story, and all good time travel tales are emotional at their core, and speak to something that's happening with your main character. So we started by asking ourselves the question of Season 1. How do we deconstruct Captain Picard? What don't we know about him? Why is he on a vineyard by himself with a dog? Why did he never marry Beverly Crusher and have a family of 10? Those are jumping off points to answer some of those personal mysteries. Star Trek Picard Season 2 is being produced in tandem with Season 3. Audiences can look forward to seeing how Star Trek Picard's penultimate season builds toward a satisfying conclusion and will hopefully walk away with a much deeper understanding of Stuart's iconic Jean-Luc Picard I have to tell you, I'm totally digging this article. I'm totally digging what I'm hearing right now because uh, season one of Picard dealt a lot with Picard's kind of regret over some decisions that he had made previously in his life. And, you know, this this great man who obviously, I mean, quite honestly, was like a second father to me as I watched Star Trek in the 80s and 90s, you know, he is not flawless. And it sounds like season two is going to kind of keep going down that path a little bit. And I'm very excited to see how that shakes out and sort of what we learn about Jean-Luc that we don't already know, like this article suggests. You know, uh, just to just to delve a little bit off course, not really off course, but uh, one of my favorite things about season one is that the, the regret that Picard lived with for those 20 years about data sacrificing himself to save his captain and Picard carried that guilt, which 
obviously affected a lot of the decisions that he made after that we never got to see after Nemesis. And then at, at the end, spoiler alert, when Data asks Captain Picard to euthanize him and Captain Picard does it and, and finally releases all that, that, that guilt that he felt over the whole situation was just some of the, the, the best Tears, Star man. Trek I've Just seen. Tears. It, it, yeah. Yes. It was, it was so well written and well acted by Brent and Patrick. It, it's a phenomenal moment in Star Trek. And I, it's just, it's great. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, and, so. I, and I just, I mean, I just think it's so cool that, uh, it, I mean, it's kind of, I'm going to mention the other franchise here for a moment. It's kind of what um, Star Wars is trying to do a little bit with these kind of like more personal stories. You know, they're doing these shows that kind of focus on a particular character. And I think that's what uh, Star Trek is doing here. They're trying to take the most iconic, uh, you know, captain of the late 20th century, I'll say, to many people. Uh, and and deconstructing the guy and and just making him more human and this is this is kind of in line with I think a lot of what Star Trek is doing these days anyway uh, the way that it's written the way that it talks about the human experience and that kind of stuff so it's just it's just very much in line I love that they're doing this right now honestly it just like adds so much depth to Picard yeah I'm I'm really excited for for what they're going to do and uh, yeah. diving back into our Star Trek news. Charles, you, you have our next story for us. Star Trek Nostalgia. Playmates revealed first new characters in 12 years. Woo-hoo! Star yes. Trek fans are in for another blast of nostalgia. In 2022, Playmates Toys has reacquired the Trek license after a 12-year hiatus, and they have plenty of new figures in the works. Spanning multiple eras. The first wave of new Playmate figures will focus on major characters from Star Trek The Next Generation, Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, and Star Trek Discovery. The Star Trek Universe line focuses on 5-inch steel figures roughly the same size as the Playmate's iconic Trek toys from the 90s. That said, the toy technology has come a long way since then. These figures are going to be much more detailed and realistically proportioned. Each figure features 14 points of articulation alongside these figures. Claimants will also be releasing an 18-inch replica of the classic Enterprise ship in the original series-inspired phaser. Claimants will be leaning... In the nostalgia angle with these releases, figures based on classic show and movies will be packaged on vintage-inspired card backs, while the contemporary characters like Star Trek Survey Crew will have new modern packaging. Star Trek fans can expect the first wave of the Trek Universe figures to hit stores July 2022, and more to come in 2023. I never really got I'm excited. in the 90s, but I can't wait to see some of the characters, especially Discovery. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what they do with some of the Discovery characters. Yeah, and I will say that I do think that the main difference that Charles mentioned in the article there is that the proportions of these things are a little bit different. So if you're familiar with the Playmates figures from the 90s that kind of have like the 
slightly oversized heads and slightly oversized hands and that kind of stuff. These definitely follow a much more uh, human, I guess, <laughs> proportioning system, That's and they cool. look more real. Yeah, and they look more realistic as a result, which I think is is simultaneously cool and you lose a little bit of that kind of nostalgia of the 90s playmates which everybody knows are a little out of whack <laughs> and, and, but with with uh with all the kb toy stores out of business and toys r us out of business where would you go to buy these i mean i remember walking into toys r us and they would have an entire aisle of star trek toys and they'd have starships they'd have the enterprise they'd have all the figures where where do you go to get the stuff now that these stores don't Probably exist? Probably online. Online? Yeah, I mean, well, I and I maybe Target. Yeah, and these online, Amazon. Well, Toys R Us is still around. Like you can still find them. Also, um, they're going to be selling at Walmart, uh, so you can get them at Walmart. Uh, and then, yeah, I would agree that a bunch of online places will likely have them as well. But retail wise, as far as I know, only Walmart and Toys R Us are supposed to. At least, ha- at least that's the information we have so far. Well, we'll have to we'll have to get our hands on some of them and review them on a future show. Ooh, that sounds like fun. It's yeah, summer. definitely. That's right. It's summer, so uh, still to come, guys. Um, <clears throat> is this the end of Star Trek Picard? Dun 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 dun. And we still have a review of Star Trek Prodigy: A Moral Star Part One, so you don't want to miss that. Hi, this is Sub-Commander Charles from Trek Talking, here to invite you to join us for the best science fiction-themed podcast on the Internet. Our elite team of Trek experts are here to discuss Star Trek and related science fiction content. And we want to hear from you. Dial 646-668-2433, Thursday night from 4.30 to 7.30 p.m. Pacific Coast Time. And we'll get you on the air to share your opinion. Or you can also find us on Facebook. We have faith that you will call. And uh, Star Trek Picard Season 3 will be its last, confirms Patrick Stewart. When Star Trek Picard debuted on Paramount Plus back in January of 2020, (coughs) when it it was still called CBS All Access, the buzz was enormous. While certain fans were ambivalent, many others were eager to see Patrick Stewart, 81, returning to the role he made famous in 1987 and continued to make famous through seven seasons of television and four feature films. Indeed, there was so much chatter about the upcoming first season of Star Trek Picard that a second season had been greenlit even before the first season had aired. That second season is set to be released on March 3rd of this year. The third season of Picard is already in production. Shooting began in September of 2021 and several sequences for the third season were shot concurrently with season two. There will be no fourth season. The third season of Star Trek Picard will be its last, as confirmed in an interview with Stort and show producer Akiva Goldsman, conducted by SFX Magazine. Stort will retire the character once the third season wraps. Indeed, Goldsman and Smith and Stort said that Picard was never meant to run indefinitely. Three seasons was always the plan. The shuttering of Picard after only three seasons is unusual in Trek history. Perhaps Paramount is clearing the slate, or perhaps Stort merely wanted to quit, as it's his right to do so. And as we heard, they said they weren't going to bring us any more new Star Trek 
till one of the current shows was gone. So this will clear up a spot for, well, I don't want to, we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, right. yeah. And, and listen, this is the <laughs> perfect show to have a limited run to it, right, guys? Because this is, this is the show that has like a, you want to tell a closed story about this guy. You don't want to belabor it for seasons and seasons and seasons. Three seems like exactly the right amount. Assuming 10 episodes per season, we're looking at 30 episodes. That is a long enough time to tell a pretty damn good overall story arc. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, so my next article, which is very exciting, Star Trek Discovery and Lower Decks nominated for four Golden Reel Sound Editing Awards. That's right. Award season roles are on in Hollywood, and two Star Trek shows are being recognized for their artistry and craftsmanship. This time, it's for the people who make the shows sound as good as they do. Star Trek Discovery picked up three nominations, all for the episode Kobayashi Maru. Discovery is nominated on the following three categories, Outstanding Achievement in Sound Editing, Outstanding Achievement in Sound Editing for Effects uh, Foley. I don't know exactly what that is. Uh, the other one is for Dialogue. And the third one is for Music. So Dialogue, Effects, and Music. Star Trek Lower Decks picked up its first ever Golden Reel nomination for episode Strange Energies. Nominated for Outstanding Achievement in Sound Editing Animation Series or Short. The Golden Reel Awards Ceremony will be held as an international virtual event on Sunday, March 13th, 2022. Uh, so that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. We get some sound editing awards going on. And I will tell you that when I watch Star Trek Discovery personally, I turn on my Yamaha sound bar and I crank it up just a little bit because I want to get that full surround. And I will tell you that $8 million bucks an episode not only buys you amazing visuals, but it buys you some pretty cool sound, too. <laughs> yeah, I think it's strange... So uh, only the sound was only good in that one episode. All the rest of the episodes, it wasn't. Yeah, that's well, kind of weird. Yeah, I, I, think, I think I think they're picking out a specific episode put as the mark for the award. That's right. What is the episode that actually demonstrates dialogue effects and music to the best uh, of the series' ability? So I agree, Jim. Like, it feels weird that they would nominate a particular episode, but I do think that it's because that episode, they feel, is the one that brings together these three things in the best way. Yeah, I, I, I buy that. I, I can I can definitely buy yeah. that. You know, I just, I, I think that the sound is phenomenal in all of them, <laughs> but... Well, of course know. it is. Of course it is, especially if you have a good sound system. And I just, I have to tell you, I'm like, as I digress just a little bit, like the the acceleration of technology with regards to sound systems is amazing to me. I remember my very first awesome stereo I ever bought. I saved an entire summer when I was 16 years old working at the movie theater. I spent a thousand dollars on this sound system and I, you know, had an awesome like receiver, awesome speakers, da, 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 da. 25 years later, the thing is a piece of junk and I can buy all of that for probably about two or 300 bucks and it'll sound way better for way longer. So <laughs> I just I love the fact that sound has become so important and so cheap to produce for people because it makes all of the movies and all the shows way better. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, 
still to come, Doug Jones is honored. Fan scores for last week's Star Trek Prodigy episode, um, Moral Star Part 1, and our review of the said episode, Star Trek Prodigy Moral Part 1. It's been a long road Getting from there to here It's been a long time But your time is finally here You can feel the change in your thoughts right now Nothing's in your way And they're not gonna hold you down no more No, they're not gonna hold you down Cause we've got faith Not your call we want to hear what you have to say. We've got faith to believe in just talking today. You've got faith in your fingers. All you got to do is bow down. You can reach us right now. We've got faith. We've got faith. Faith that you call. So Doug Jones is to be honored with the inaugural Makeup and Hairstylist Guild Chair Award. Doug Jones has been delighting fans as the Kelpian Saru for four seasons of Star Trek Discovery, which is just the latest of a lifetime of acting work made even more challenging through his many roles under makeup and prosthetics. And just for that reason, the Hollywood Makeup and Artist Hairstylist Guild has chosen to honor Jones with their inaugural chair award. Jones's career dates back to the 1980s as he had been in a number of high profile projects and won a number of awards, including picking up his second Saturn award for Discovery last October. Like with Discovery, his career highlights have been performed beneath makeup and prosthetics. This include playing the romantic leading amphibian man in Gilmaro del Taro's the Shape of Water, which won the Academy Award for Best Picture in 2017. Jones was also the man behind the mask for Pan and the Pale Man in Pan's Labyrinth, the Silver Surfer in Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, Abe Sapien in Hellboy and Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. And that's just a small fraction of his dozens of credits, film and television. Star Trek Discovery co-star Sonequa Martin-Green will present Jones with the honor at the upcoming Makeup Artist and Hairstylist Guilds Award held at the Beverly Hills Hilton on February 19th. I can't think of a better, more well-deserving person than Doug Jones for that award. Would well, you guys agree? This is agree? the guy. Yeah. This is the guy, man. I mean, if you're going to pick a guy, this is the guy, right? And, I mean, but, every single one of these – yeah, go ahead, Charles. I say, you got to remember that Doug was – not he didn't audition for this role. Yeah. They asked yeah. him to be Saru. They mm-hmm. knew of anybody in makeup. He would be the person that would pull it off the best. And well, that and is just so well known for his makeup job. And you just look, you look back at his career and how far back it goes. Remember he was he was Mac the Knife in the McDonalds commercials, like way, way, way back. And then, oh. him, and then you track him all the way to The Shape of Water and Saru and all this kind of stuff. He just has a very unique personality, unique body type, unique everything that makes him the absolute perfect person to receive this type of an award. So I'm glad that they 
invented the award, and I'm really glad that they're giving it to him because he is number one in my book. And you know what? He reminds me of of a of another one of my favorite actors, uh, Roddy McDowell, who of course played Cornelius in all the Planet of the Apes movies before prosthetics were a big thing. And I think that I think that Roddy McDowell fits right in the same character uh, category as Doug Jones. So cool. So cool. And uh, our phone number here is six four six 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 eight two four three three. Um, we had a caller on the line who just hung up. Uh, give us a call back, and we'll get you right on the air immediately. Um, 646-668-2433 is the number. And, Charles, you've got a good story for us, coincidentally, our final story. Okay, well, they're back. Simon & Schuster has got 99-cent e-books sealed for every Star Trek fan. Available until February 27th while supplies last. Much do we run out of supplies on ebooks? Supplies are not available. But end dates vary by retailer. Discount prices do not apply to ebooks sold outside the United States. Participating in retailers only. Star Trek Picard, Last Best Hope by our favorite author, Una McCormick. The USA Today's bestseller, based on the new Star Trek TV series. Also, Star Trek Picard, Dark Veil, by James Swallow. The thrilling untold adventures on the acclaimed TV star, Star Trek Picard TV series. Talking about uh, Riker and family. Another good book. We've reviewed both of those and had very good reviews, positive reviews on both of them. Star Trek Next Generation Triangle in Zombie 2 by Peter David. Even the 24th century. Three is definitely a crowd. Q&Law by David. Star Trek Next Generation Q&A by Keith R.A. You can, you can, Cantanado, the Q-Continuum by Greg, Greg Cox, Encounter at Farpoint by David Gerald, where the adventure began, Dragon's Honor by Greg Cox and Kaja Johnson, and Nemesis by J.M. Dillard. Nemesis. I still look for a couple of books. Yeah, that's, I mean, for 99 cents, I mean, well, first of all, Last Best Hope is a fantastic book that we reviewed here on the podcast by, as Charles said, one of our favorite authors. But, I mean, there's so many of these things, right? Like Dark Veil we're reading right now. We're going to actually um, uh, review here in a couple of weeks, I believe. I can't remember the exact date. No, we date. did Dark Veil already. Oh, we did Dark Veil. Dark Veil is the right. writer book. That's right. That's right. We did the Dark Veil, which which was a great book. Uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about Riker on uh, on his ship, that's cool. And then um, the the Q books look kind of interesting to me as well. Yeah. Oh, dry, yeah. So we'll have to see. Well, did you notice uh, the 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 theme in these books? They're Picard Q books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that coincidental with season two coming out? 
Um, mm. I personally, I picked up um, for the 99 cents, I picked up Encounter Farpoint and I picked up Nemesis um, off this list. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear those because uh, I don't, uh, or I, I haven't read those books. I mean, obviously I've seen the, the you know, the video on those, but <laughs> I haven't read the books. And so you'll have to let us know, Jim, if there are well, any appreciable differences between the actual books and the either TV or movie. I, I when we talked about Nemesis, I, I, I can't stand the movie, but well, J.M. Dillard, she did a phenomenal, <laughs> a phenomenal job on Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, and which is quite different from the movie. So um, I picked up Nemesis hoping that maybe if I read the book, it will, it will make me appreciate the movie more. That's my, my hope. I'll let right you know. On. Yeah. Let and Encounter know. of Farpoint is, you know, is Encounter of Farpoint. So. It's Encounter of yeah. Farpoint. I mean, it's not, it's, not a, it's not the best episode of TNG, but it certainly is. I mean, it's the inaugural one, so it kind of sets the tone. And I'm, I'm interested to know if David Gerald actually adds anything or subtracts anything from what we see on screen. Well, we've talked about this before when we, when we talked about books on Book Nook and books that are written from screenplays. And a lot of times the writers will write these books from the original screenplay before it's edited down for time constraints and things. So you'll, you'll often see scenes in the books that aren't particularly in the movie, which, which is great because a lot of times it adds a lot of a depth that you don't see in the film. So, or they're, they're slightly different. So I'm looking forward to reading both of these and seeing how they compare. So I'm excited about it. For 99 cents, you can't go wrong. Yeah, I mean, right? <laughs> right? I mean, well. yeah, it doesn't. I could, I could probably have a thousand of them on my Kindle for 99 cents. So please head over there and uh, pick up some 99 cents Star Trek books. You, you really, you can't go wrong. You really can't. So uh, we've made it to the part of the show. You've been waiting and it's here. We make you wait till the end so that we do that on purpose. It's like to tease you and tantalize so you. So you listen to the whole podcast, right? So uh, this is the part of the show where we get our fans' reactions to what they thought about Star Trek Prodigy, A Moral Star Part 1. And we also get our review of the episode, what we thought about it. You guys can head over to our Facebook page, Trek Talking and Beyond. And I always put a post up asking the fans what they thought about the episode. So you can go there and put your opinion down and hear it on this podcast next week. So please, please do that. And uh, when we, when we come back, we're going to be talking about the fans reaction to prodigy versus ours.
All right, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the best, what score would you give Star Trek Prodigy, A Moral Star, Part 1? We asked that question on our Facebook page. And Eric, what did our fans have to say? Well, CEO Glotfelty said, I really enjoyed it. Uh, they said, I'm behind multiple episodes as I'm traveling, and my partner and I enjoy watching them together. The character development is unexpected and welcome. The animation is delightful, and the plot really pulls me in. An eight. Top fan Amy Blue said, I am a fan, exclamation point, saving last week's episodes so I can watch them together. I usually do not like animated stuff. I was even more hesitant because it's Star Trek, but I'm hooked. I think about Rock Talk more than I care to admit. Such a powerful character. Trek gold all around an eight. Ellen Smock gave it a 10. This episode is great. The whole series is, but the last two have been over-the-top terrific. Hollow Janeway is developing depth. She really got to make this episode. Mandy Scythe Brown says, I love it. The kids love it. It's really bridging the gap for them. Nine. Woo. Brian Vogel says, tried three times to watch, can't get into it. A three. Blake Entropy Ketchum says, I've been watching. It isn't really scratching that itch for me. I think it's a well-produced show, and I certainly won't knock someone for loving it, but I'm not connecting with it. A five. Carl Howard said, I need to give it another chance. I've only watched the first few episodes. A five. Top fan Christy Cummings said, I love it. It's a lot of fun to watch. An eight. September Rose Keeler said, this one deserves a 9.5. I wasn't expecting the twist. I love that Murph guy. <laughs> Wes Huntington gave it a 10. Sabrina Wolliver gave it a 10. Mark James Rodriguez gave it a 10. And the USS New Orleans gave it a 10. I want to know more about that fan. Gary Ricker gave it a 10. This show is actually the best version of Star Trek since the last season of Enterprise, not including its finale. Important distinction there. That gives us a fan score this week, Jim, of 8.5, which is, uh, which is pretty good. It's, not, it's, not, it's at the top of what's going on prodigy-wise in terms of uh, all of the episodes that we've reviewed so far. Yeah, it's, it's – yeah. I, I like I, said, I haven't watched part two yet, which was on nope. today. Yep. So I will watch. I'll try to squeeze that in after the after we get off the podcast. So I don't know how it ends. I'll have to tune in and check it out. But now that we've heard what the fans think, um, it's time to hear what we have to think. And we do have a caller on the line. If I can get this, this hello. Hello, thank you for calling Trek Talk, and what's your name, and where are you calling us from tonight? It's Nate from Vegas calling in at it's the end Nate of the show. It's Nate from Vegas. Gotta make me wait until the end of the show to talk about this. <laughs> well, but you know, this, Nate, you listened is, to the whole thing anyway. So this good. is the plan. Yeah, I did. <laughs> you fell right into the plan. You see, that was the whole thing. <laughs> it's um, a trap. It's a trap. It is it's a, a trap. trap. <laughs> It's a That's fake. right. It's a, trap. It's, a, it's a fake. It's a trap. So, uh, Eric, you before said we earlier you didn't know what Foley was. Uh, when you were yeah, Foley. The sound editing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Foley. That's where. Um, so, for instance, you have uh, 
a thunderstorm going on in a movie, okay? Uh-huh. And then okay. they'll uh, you'll have these these stage actors based uh, type of thing where they'll they'll like take a a piece of sheet metal and they'll they'll move it around to make that oh, sound. Oh, yeah, sure. Same, same thing with footsteps, like uh sneaking footsteps. They may okay. that are happening on on rocks or something. They'll they'll find some something in the studio to make that sound effect. So that's so that, that's what foley. That process is called foley, is that what it is? Yep. And, oh, you know, cool. I have to tell you that that's absolutely fascinating. I've actually been to see several movies at my local theater here, um, the Hollywood Theater in Portland, where they actually have live sound effects. So they'll have a dude on stage with, like, heads of lettuce and, yeah. uh, you know, a pile of nuts. <laughs> you know, he does various things during the show that make all these awesome sound effects. That's cool, man. I didn't know that. Thank you so much. Well, now that we heard fans had to say about the episode. It's time for us to delve into it. Uh, before we do, though, we have to hear from my good friend, Kate Mulgrew. Hi, I'm Kate Mulgrew, and I'm the voice of Hologram Janeway in Star Trek Prodigy. This week's lesson is to help those who need it. One of the most crucial lessons we can learn in this life is the importance of helping others. Either we jump to the Federation, unsure if they can make it in time, or jump to Tars Lamora and surrender our ship for the lives of our brethren. From small gestures to larger efforts, lending our assistance to those who may not have the same abilities or privileges as you is one of the things that gives life meaning. In the latest episode of Star Trek Prodigy, the crew is acting on that belief when they decide to try to save the unwanted on Tars Lamora in exchange for the protostar. Going back for the miners is a bad call that Jankum couldn't be prouder to make with you, dum dum. Who's it? All right, so uh, David, why don't you start us off? What did you think about the episode, and what would you give it on a score of one to ten? Hello. Um. Yeah, I. Thought the episode was pretty interesting. Um, I'm actually really curious to see why he wanted to put a star to begin with, even though it didn't really say in part one. However, I haven't watched part two yet, so. <laughs> um, but other than that, uh, it's an interesting take on uh, the father of um, one of the crewmates of that ship. The diviner, and, yeah, uh, Gwen's dad. Yeah. The Diviner, Gwyn said. Yeah, yep. Diviner. It's just an interesting uh, take on um, that. And uh, I'm actually, the, mo- the thing I'm mostly curious about is uh, the robot that the Diviner has, who apparently got onto the ship. And the last message that we saw of Chikoke and Janeway were cut off when you see the robot in the background. And I'm wondering if that's an actual character of Jakoke, or is it some, like, time travel Jakoke who's trying to come back to save Voyager or something, but got ended up stuck by the Diviner or something. That would be an interesting plot twist. But um, to me, I think the overall episode was pretty good. Um, I'm actually excited to see part two. 
And um, I would have to say I'm giving this about an 8.5. 8.5 from David. All right, Nate from Vegas, you're up next. You're in the spotlight. Take it away. All right. Well, I didn't post this week on there, but uh, on the, the Facebook page. But I was uh, kind of meh about this episode, about a six. Uh, and that's probably because it's a part one of a part two type of thing. Um, I did, for my positives, I did love that the villain, the diviner, is, is acting, at, really doing villainous stuff, and I love that about him. Um, I, uh, negatives, uh, I, I really don't like the protostar uniform. Um, it just seems off to me. Uh, just, uh, I don't know if it's the uh, geometric design of it, but it, it just, it, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of it too much, and especially since uh, um, Janeway got rid of her iconic Voyager uniform to put it on, I was just like, oh, man, that, look, that looks terrible to me. However, I did like the evil version of Janeway's uniform where it does go back to a Voyager-esque kind of design, but, of course, it's black with the blue highlights. I did like that uniform of hers, so I'm kind of curious uh, where, uh, where that sits. Um, David bringing up uh, the thing about, basically, I think you were talking about Deathlock there being possibly Chakotay. That, that, is a, that is an interesting idea because of the fact that he did use in Chakotay's voice the command codes a couple episodes ago. Uh, so he could very well be some sort of uh, robotic version of uh, Chakotay. That would be an interesting twist to it all, I think. So as I said, overall, though, probably because it was a part one of a part two thing, I was kind of mad uh, for, so I give it a six. A six from Nate from Vegas. Sticking with our Vegas theme, let's shift gears over to Charles. Take it away. Well, this was another one that we got to see. The thing is, we see our captain, and we see the captain... He sits and weighs out decisions. Yes, I'd like to do this, but I don't want to risk my crew. But the crew is sitting there wanting to say, yes, I want to jump in and do this. And I love the fact that we've got this crew in it, the crew in the group and does all this work together to sit there and work on the plan, the big secret plan. And they finally launched this new uniform. I thought it interesting. I was looking at the uniforms today. And the cadets are in pure gray. But Janeway has a red stripe on the the team. So I can see where the uniforms actually got their divisions on really along the seam of it. I'm curious what they're going to do with those uniforms. Then we land on the planet. We get the hard story of what's going to happen. Is this part of the plot or not? We don't know. But I love how they sneak away with the engine. And okay, how are we going to sit there and 
Or are we going to sit there and mount this on the planet? Or what we're going to do with it? How are we going to compete against the diviner? And then we get this gothic Janeway in all dark. And almost a little bit like a Section 31, but she comes like, okay, this is going to get interesting. But it kind of left me the point of saying, okay, I want to see part two. Can't watch part two yet. Got to review part one first. But okay, but I want to see part two. I want to know what happened. And how are they going to sit there and tie this in for, for us to want to see the next ten episodes? And how that worked that, because we'll get those probably later this summer. Definitely, I think they've strung me into the series where I want to see what's going on. I'm starting to connect with the characters more than we were when they first started. Uh, I forgot what I gave last week, but I'm going to say about 875. 8.75. 8.75. But they're working on it. All right, and that, that swings us right back to Portland and Eric. You're on the first uh, stage, Eric. One to ten, oh, what'd you give it? Man, there are some really good stuff. Uh, there are some really th- good things going on in this episode. First of all, I just have to say that Rock Talk is fastly becoming one of my favorite characters. I love her. Um, she's She was the very first one in this episode who was like, yes, we have to go back. We have to help these folks, uh, which I think is really cool. Uh, because I think the team needs that kind of energy. You know, everybody, Dal is so cynical. Um, everybody else, Gwen has a cynicism about her. And uh, you need that kind of like optimism of Rock Talk to kind of bring everybody back. So um, this episode kind of featured the first really hard decision for Dal. You know, his gut was telling him to run because of the environment he grew up in. And I think that this is kind of a... Uh, the magic to me of this episode because um, they set up a universe where these kids are living in impossible conditions and they are finally able to break out of them. And then through the coaching of Janeway, they they kind of learn how to become a team and then um, they're presented with this scenario whereby, and I agree completely with Nate, the diviner is being super duper evil and he's like, I'm going to hurt all these people that you know and love if you don't come back. And of course, they make the right decision and they go back. And that to me is such a Starfleet thing that it just really, more than any other episode, and maybe the last one and this one might be tied for me, but just in terms of team building and the um, bringing together of people under the flag of Starfleet ideals, this one really shines, uh, I think. So they take the Starfleet route, they go back, they get the they get the folks. Um, you know, I also have not yet seen uh, episode two, so I don't really know how this all comes out. But um, I will say that a couple of moments that I really liked. Uh, other than the just kind of base plot of this was, uh, you know, when Gwen and Dal are having their conversation about what they're going to do. And really, if you think about it, Gwen is the one who's going to have to bear the brunt of this decision. She's the one who's actually going back, not only into danger, but also to face her father. And so there's some really cool kind of stuff that happens in this episode around that 
I think that I that I loved, and um, and I'll respectfully disagree with Nate on these uniforms. I really dig them. Uh, I think they have kind of a cool dynamic look that sort of grows out of the DS9 slash Voyager era with the gray. Uh, I like that Charles pointed out the Janeway one has a little color. I didn't I didn't notice that, so I want to go back and actually look at that. It makes sense to me that the quote cadets shouldn't have any colors yet because they uh, they don't have any divisions within which they they fit yet um and then finally i'll just say that as this episode was kind of ending i thought it was going to have kind of a shakespearean tragic ending but then i feel like they sort of had some hope at the end and it really propelled you into the second episode of this two episode we assume two episode um story so uh, I really dug this one. I love the confrontation, not confrontation, the interaction between Gwyn and her dad. I am extremely interested in why this protostar is so interesting to him. Uh, she asks him specifically in this episode, what's up with that? And he does not give her a conclusive answer. So that's still a little bit of a mystery. So I really, really like this episode, guys. I would put this right up there with last week's, uh, which I believe I gave a nine. So I'll give this one a nine as well. And before I give you my, after I get to hear what everyone else had to say, and I tell you what I thought about it, I do have one final, one final clip that I want to play for you guys. Hi, I'm Brett Gray, and I voice Dal on Star Trek Prodigy. The Protostar is a Federation ship and belongs to Starfleet. The more Dal and the others learn about the principles of Starfleet, acceptance and peaceful exploration especially, the more eager they are to become Starfleet Academy cadets. Come on, Murph. It's time to play dress-up. The crew of the Protostar learned that Starfleet's one major rule is the Prime Directive, an oath not to interfere with undeveloped civilizations. Do you have any idea what that uniform represents? A commitment to strive for a better future. Still, the more they travel and learn to pilot the Protostar, the more they look forward to joining the organization that made their escape a possibility. I know you never thought you were Starfleet material. But today you're risking everything on a seemingly impossible mission to save others. Nothing's more Starfleet than that. Well said, Janeway. Well said. Well, first of all, I want to say I I enjoyed this one. And I think that the uniforms, if if I remember correctly, Nate can, can point this out for me. I believe that when we saw Wesley Crusher in the Starfleet uniform, uh, at cadet uniform, it was different from the actual uniform. Was it not, Nate? Uh, I, I would I, guess I, that it, it was. Um, I, 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 I'm pretty sure that when Wesley was I at think the there academy, is a cadet uniform. yes, it was different. It was not the same as the standard duty uniform. So the fact well, that this Red- cadet. Yeah, his Wesley, Wesley, his first uniform that he shows up in is the all gray one with the dark gray shoulders and the light gray chest, and then later he shows up with the little rainbow chest thing. Well, I mean, when he's at Starfleet Academy with uh, Nick Lacarno, and they they yeah. have the, the he's one. wearing a diff, yeah, he's wearing a different uniform. Yeah. So I'm thinking that the cadet uniform that we see them wearing is not the the Starfleet frontline uniform of the time it would be the cadet equivalent of that so um those uniforms would be the actual uniforms that janeway or chakotay would be wearing is is my assumption i could be wrong those are also 
cadet uniforms, uh, current cadet uniforms, they are also um, kind of a, a TNG first season look in the fact that they're kind of like jumpsuits more than how TNG ended up being the uh, top jacket and pants later on. If you, if you look at the, uh, all the cadets, it's more of a jumpsuit design. Yeah, that's that's what I thought when I kind of like uh, the Deep Space Nine jumpsuit thing that that O'Brien was wearing. And um, but yeah, so um, I just thought they were just cadet uniforms, which were are different. Um, the Diviner, he's interested in the Proto Star, and he knows about Starfleet. So, and if I remember correctly, in Episode One, they had a flashback where uh, Dreadlock or Deathlock was helping him create his progeny and he tells him that it's forbidden for him to create a progeny and he does yep. it anyways. I so think there's he's, some, yes, he's former Starfleet. That's my guess. Yes. Some, yeah, something is there. We yep. don't know it, but there is something there that we've yet to learn. So I'm waiting to find out about that. Um, also Chakotay um, and there's other Starfleet officers. If you go to the IMBD page, that are listed in the credits as appearing in eight to, or eight or ten episodes, which means we're we're going to see a lot more of Chakotay and his crew. So, are we going to see them as hologram recreations, or are they still alive on the planet somewhere? That would you be know? awesome. I would. Be are they in the mind? To some like future Chakotay stories. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, I, I'm interested to find out about that as well. Where is Chakotay and his crew? And how come the Diviner, if he has them, why didn't the Diviner just get the ship? How come he didn't know where the Protostar was? There's a lot of questions that, I, that I'm interested in having answered. So I'm, and I'm looking for, I didn't see part two. Maybe they answered them tonight. I don't know. But I'm, I'm digging it. I'm liking it. Uh, Karen and Jamie, not so much. But I'm 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 enjoying it. I'm I'm there with you guys. I'm gonna say about an eight point six for this one. I, I did enjoy it. It was really good to see the crew be a crew and make the right decision. Um so I, I really, really dig that. And I'm really especially Gwyn, because like you said, uh Eric, Gwyn has to reconcile with her father who willingly left her behind to die. And chose the ship over her. Chose the ship, yep. And and it's not only that, but it's also Dal. Like he, I think that we're like I I, I agree with Nate. Like at the beginning of the series, he was not as good as maybe he's becoming. Uh, in my opinion, you're starting to see character development uh, on his part. And this decision that he makes is one of those momentous occasions. I think in his sort of captaincy, let's call it. <laughs> They call, they call him the yeah. captain. He's not really the captain, but sort of. I would right. also like to add right. something, if I may. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead, David. Um, well, you guys were talking about uniforms and stuff, and I was just – I forgot to mention about those, too, when I was going through my little uh, talk. But um, did anyone else kind of got a little bit of a Garrick vibe from all of his tailor shops, uh, uniforms, or just clothing in general? It reminded me a little bit of Garrick for some reason. I don't know why. Interesting. It's like a, it kind of has like that little slant with the, you know, it's not really a design of embroidery or anything like that. It, was just, it reminded me of like a DS9 type of uniform. 
perhaps Garrick becomes the uniform designer for Starfleet in the future. Yeah, he maybe retired. he's on the planet. <laughs> maybe he's there with Chakotay. Oh man, that would be oh. so sweet. That would be so. You sweet. know, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. So, anyways, that wraps up. So, how did we do as compared to the fans? The fans gave it a what? Eight point five. I think we're right in there. Yeah, I mean, we've got a bunch of yep. nines, a bunch of eights, eights and a halves here. So I think we're right up there. We're, yeah, I don't think my six brought people. us down too much. Probably not. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. So listen, guys, believe it or not, we're at the end of another show. Um, I want to say thank you to Paul for calling in and uh, for uh, breaking into the Klingon bloodline with Eric. And we'll hear how that went next week. You'll have to tune in for that. I want to say thank you to Ray for calling from the Bronx. Stay dry down there, Ray. And, of course, we want to say thank you to Nate from Vegas for calling. Thank you so much, Nate. Yeah, not a problem. And, of course, thank you so much to David for giving us a call and hanging out and trek talking with us. Thank you so much, David. Yeah, you're welcome. This was really fun. I like doing that. And <laughs> it, is, it is fun, isn't it? It takes the edge off the work week. And, of course, thank you so much to Eric for hanging out and trek talking with us. And tasting the wine. Thank you, Eric. You better believe it. And I'd just like to point out, we now have uh, one host and two callers from Portland. So I believe we are leading Vegas in that regard. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And of course, thank you so much to the one and only Charles from Vegas for hanging out and Trek talking with us. Thank you so much, Charles. Oh, you're welcome. I think we lost Terrence there for a while. So I'll let let Eric have it this for now. (laughs) For now. Yeah, it is a great, it is a great break for work because, hey, I get Thursday night, and hey, it's like, okay, I wake up the next morning, it's like, I did the podcast last night. Yes, it's Friday. Yeah. It's the weekend. Feels good. Me too. I'm exactly the same way. I go to work (laughs) tomorrow morning, although I probably won't be going to work tomorrow morning because of the snow, but we'll see. Anyways, guys, I want to thank each and every one of you guys for listening no matter where you're listening. That's true. I got my tauntauns. That's true. I want to thank each and every one of you guys for listening no matter where you are. You're very important to us. Star Trek fans are the best fans. You better believe that. Head over to our Facebook page, Trek Talk and Beyond. Give us a like, give us a follow, and go to Blog Talk Radio backslash Trek Talk and, and make sure that you follow us there. That way you'll never miss a show. And you'll always get an email reminder when we do a podcast, so you'll never miss one. I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, saying thank you and kapla. Hailing frequencies are closed. Stay safe and be good to each other. Good night, everyone. Night, y'all. Let's see what's out there. Engage. At Jiffy Lube, it's our job to make car care make sense. That's why we offer personalized service reviews that swap car talk for straight talk, so you know what your car is telling you and what to do about it. Putting you in the driver's seat of car care, that's a job for Jiffy. Visit JiffyLube.com to find a service center near you. 